Welcome everyone to the Asian Voices Radio Podcast, where you'll find real Asian American conversations about all things, including the topics you were too afraid to ask your Asian parents. I'm your host, Hula Ramos, and on today's show, it's really important. I want you to turn this up because we'll be talking with Connie Chung Jo, JD. She is the Chief Executive Officer of Asian Americans Advancing Justice Los Angeles. Prior to joining Advancing Justice LA in August 2020, Connie served as the Executive Director of the Korean American Family Services for 11 years. And prior to that, Connie was a public interest lawyer for seven years, representing clients in fair housing cases and on immigrants' rights reproductive rights, post 9-11 racial profiling, police accountability, and First Amendment cases. Just, she's fascinating, and I'm so excited to have her on the show today. Please welcome Miss Connie Chung Joe. How are you doing, Connie? I'm doing well. Thank you so much, Hula, for having me. No, I appreciate you taking the time out. I know you're on a little bit of a family vacation, but I do appreciate, especially during this time, because, you know, it, we're living in a climate right now with the pandemic, and of course, with all the recent hate and violence towards the Asian American and Pacific Islander communities that are just going all over, you know, uh, on the news, on social media. And you're one of the people who's at the forefront of letting our community know about what is going on and what we can do about it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to really briefly go over a message that you had a statement that you placed on February, uh, March 5th on your website, Advancing Justice dash la.org again that's advancing justice dash la.org and i'll read a little bit of it uh if you don't mind yes please All right you stated dear community i know you are hurting i know you're enraged the number of hate incidences against asian americans in our country continues to grow most recently here in los angeles the attack against a korean american u.s military veteran in his own neighborhood is horrific while this insidious violence is finally being talked about more widely, you might be asking about where you can turn for help or what can you do to stop this racism? I want you to know that we are here. Asian Americans Advancing Justice Los Angeles has free resources and services. Thank you so much for putting this out there. I mean, here in San Diego, I know there was a Filipino woman um, that I am aware of that was attacked uh, in a trolley um, while she was just, you know, heading her way home. So first of all, my first question for you is, can you tell us a little bit more about the organization Asian Americans Advancing Justice? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So Asian Americans Advancing Justice, sometimes it's also called Triple AJ or just Advancing Justice for short, um, is a affiliation of five organizations across the country providing civil rights um, uh, advocacy and work to the Asian American and Pacific Islander community. So Asian American Advancing Justice has offices in LA, the Bay Area, Chicago, Atlanta, and DC. Mm -hmm. But all five of us are our own um, independent nonprofit organization. So okay. Asian Americans Advancing Justice LA is the one that, that I run. And mm -hmm. Advancing Justice LA has been in the community since 1983. We are one of the nation's largest legal services and civil rights organization for the Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander communities. Mm -hmm. um, and we actually were founded the year after Vincent Chin's murder in the wake of that um, hate crime um, was when our organization was founded to make sure that Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders have a voice in our society. 
Oh, wow. And for those that don't know about that incident, can you tell us about it a little bit? Sure. So Vincent Chin was an Asian man in uh, Detroit, Michigan, who was killed by two white men um, who were um, automobile industry workers who had been laid off from their job and they blamed the Japanese automobile Mm. industry for their layoffs. And so uh, even though Vincent was not Japanese, he was, it was actually the night before his wedding and he was out at a bar and these two men uh, murdered him. And it was at that time where the Asian American community really recognized that we don't have much of a voice um, and that we needed to, to advocate and push for our own rights. And it was under that um, backdrop that Stuart Quo, who was our founder and, and is our president emeritus, founded the organization in 1983. Okay. All right. And, and speaking of your organization, um, what are some of the direct services that are being offered? So we provide a variety of direct services um, targeting the Asian American, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander community. We do immigration law. We do family law for domestic violence survivors. We are we have a health access project that ensures um, our community members get um, get covered in California. And now we're doing vaccine outreach. And then mm. in addition to um, uh, and we do citizenship work. But in addition to the direct services we provide on the ground to the community, we also do policy work, particularly in the state level, pushing for legislation. And we do impact litigation as a way to uh, sometimes force change in our society to promote civil rights. Do you feel like, you know, because, you know, as everything is is starting to get a little bit more attention, especially with what's going on, do you feel like, a lot of this is increasing as far as awareness is concerned, or do you feel like it's just always been there, but no one's really talked about it? Well, so I think what we've seen is certainly an increase in hate incidents and violence against our Asian community since the pandemic began. Clearly, our community was scapegoated for the mm-hmm. pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had an administration who used terms like uh, China virus and the Wuhan yep. virus that did not help Um Mm-mm. And, and we were really scapegoated. So we have seen this increase for the whole, basically this whole last year, but it's been interesting in the last month or two, we've really seen um, uh, a pickup in awareness and understanding about what's happening to, to our community. And I think in large part that has to do with what were some very tragic Um, incidents of violence against our community that led in one case to an elderly man being killed. And in other cases, we've seen people um, hospitalized or really brutally attacked. And I think this was a real wake-up call in our society that Mm -hmm. we cannot ignore this anymore, that um, this is not just an Asian American problem. This is an our society problem when we see Americans being attacked for being Asian and being scapegoated in this way. Well, I mean, you brought up, you know, with COVID-19 and the pandemic, um, Asian Culture and Media Alliance um, or ACMA has been working with various community partners, including AAJC in producing a public service announcement to create awareness with hate crimes Um being committed against Asian Americans and encouraging the victims to report them. Can you tell us where people can report these incidences and 
have hate crimes been, you know, as you mentioned, since uh, compared to last year, have they been increasing because of everything of the administration and all that stuff? Yeah. So um, the, the first question you asked is how people can report it. So if you are in the Southern California area, Asian Americans Advancing Justice LA actually has a multilingual helpline where we can answer calls in five Asian languages plus English for anyone who wants to report an incident of hate that they've experienced or that they've witnessed. Um, and those numbers are available on our website at advancingjustice-la.org. But in addition to that, if folks want to um, submit a report online, we have a site called standagainsthatred.org. And um, standagainsthatred.org is a hate tracker that the Asian Americans Advancing Justice affiliation that the five of us came together to start this hate tracker nationally in order to capture stories of people who've been attacked. Um, and Hula, you asked, have we started to see an increase? And, and the answer is most definitely yes. There have been, since the pandemic started, over 3,000 reported incidents of hate and attacks against the Asian American community mm. uh, because of the pandemic. And you compare that, those, those are numbers come from both standagainsthatred.org, which is our hate tracker, as well as Stop AAPI Hate, which is another hate tracker. And I think it's interesting because when you look at how many reports of hate there were in the Asian community in 2019, literally there were maybe a handful of reported cases. Mm -hmm. And then to see in this last year, over 3,000 shows we've had a very dramatic change since yeah. the pandemic of our, our community being really targeted. No, it's it's really it's really depressing and and frustrating to see that increase. And I mean, yeah, as you mentioned, because of obvious reasons and and you and whatever have you. But my question is because you know, being Asian American, you know, growing up Filipino for me, you don't talk about your quote unquote dirty laundry. You don't talk about people bullying you. It's just not you know an a quality or I guess if I'm being too stereotypical, like Asians don't talk about that stuff. What would you say to somebody, you know, do you feel like, well, first of all, what would you say to somebody about that? And secondly, you know, do you feel like the numbers are skewed because Asians aren't reporting these incidences of hate? Yeah, I, those are excellent questions. And I believe there is vast underreporting that the right. 3,000 reported cases we are, we've heard about are really just the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a couple reasons why people are underreporting. I think, as you said, there is some cultural stigma in a lot of Asian cultures. You don't air your dirty laundry. You don't nope. talk about unpleasant things. You just mm -mm. hide it and you try to dismiss it. And right. so I certainly think that we have that. Some people do not want to report it because of shame or they don't, they think it's awkward or uncomfortable. Right. There's also language barriers. If English is not your first language or you have not grown up in this country, how to navigate the system, know who you're supposed to go to and how to file a report. It can often, often be very confusing or daunting as well. Right. And I think, you know, the groups that I worry about most when we talk about anti-Asian hate are the vulnerable populations. So for me, those are your elderly, 
Mm-hmm. And those are your limited English speaking immigrants. Because right. if, you know, if somebody's going to bully someone, they're going to bully the person they think is weak or the person who don't, they think is not going to stick up for themselves. Absolutely. And so those, those vulnerable community members are the ones who are least likely to report. You know, how many, uh, you know, 90 year old um, Asian immigrant seniors, you know, who know how to go to a website and report mm-hmm. Of hate, and so we know that 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 three thousand is just such the tip of the iceberg, and there's so many more of our community members who aren't reporting, and our message to them is: please report, please report what you're experiencing, or if you know of a family member or friend who's experienced it, and you've witnessed it or you've heard about it, you can report on their behalf, because it's important that folks know just how big of an issue this is and how prevalent it is. But if we don't get those reports, then you don't get to see that. And that, and then, then that's when things don't get taken seriously. Right. No, absolutely. And, and, and speaking of that, because I feel too, you know, trust is a big thing for Asians, uh, for Asian Americans. It's, you know, especially the elderly, you have to have that trust with somebody and it's very hard to come by sometimes. And, like, you know, here in San Diego, like if I were to be attacked, I wouldn't, I mean, besides the police, I wouldn't know who to report, you know, this incident to, um, who, I mean, I know you mentioned your websites, but I mean, is there other ways we can report these incidences? Yeah. I mean, certainly you can report to the police here in LA. We encourage people to report to two one one. Because mm-hmm. when you report there, they they track the incidents and then they also help connect victims to other resources they might need. Um, and, you know, we encourage people who are a little bit maybe uh, more nervous about going to government agencies, um, whether it's the police or 211, to then call our office. Because I think our Asian community members sometimes are more comfortable going to other Asian organizations Mm -hmm. than they are going to government or law enforcement. So if they feel that way, that's why we have our multilingual helpline as well. And then we connect folks to our victim's advocate who can help support them if they need to navigate resources. And then we have our legal clinics as well to help folks if, um, if they need legal support. Um, But I, you know, I just wanted to say, I I agree with you that for some of our community members, it's very scary to report, whether it's because you came from a country where historically, you know, going to the government was not always a safe thing to do, or because you are undocumented, or maybe you have a family member who's undocumented, you just like to stay under the radar. Mm -hmm. But it's so important that we do get this information, and, and we're pushing our local law enforcement as well, that if they get a report of a hate incident, that they take these seriously and they make sure to track them adequately. Because what we've found is that often the police were not really following up very well if the incident did not rise to the level of a hate crime. And it's important to know that of those 3,000 reported cases, the vast majority of them are things like verbal harassment and bullying that Mm -hmm. do not necessarily warrant an arrest or prosecution as you would in hate crime. But it's still so important that we know that those incidents are happening because that's how we can track who is being targeted, in what ways are they being targeted, and what can we do to kind of help the community when they're feeling this way and it's being attacked, even if it's not going to lead to an arrest or a prosecution, there's still important that we as a community know that these are happening and trying to find ways to to support ourselves and protect our community members. 
No, absolutely. And, and I, you know, there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast and they're from various generations. And obviously, you know, when it comes to the older generation, it, it may be a little bit harder for them. And, and I know with Gen Z, uh, they tend to want to take action and they, you know, can you talk to them? Can, you know, if somebody is listening and they're in that Gen Z and they want to help, but they just don't know what to do and how they can help if they have a loved one that is older that is dealing with all this, what can they do? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think for the Gen Z um, folks, the younger folks, what I am encouraging is to is to be a good ally. Um, and what allyship it looks like is different things. You could support that family member who's been attacked or who has witnessed something and you could be reporting on their behalf or you can help them file a report, whether that's with the police or to a community-based organization like standagainsthatred.org. Um, and what we're also encouraging is to use your voice with social media and, um, you know, everyone is sharing the hashtags stop Asian hate and we need yes. to keep that going. We need to keep mm -hmm. that momentum alive. Um, and so push that not only in the Asian American community, but push it for black and brown and white communities to also be saying that because it's only when the entire society starts taking this seriously, is it mm -hmm. actually going to get better? If Asians care that Asians are being hurt, that's not enough to create the societal change we need to end discrimination. So, and for young people, I also encourage them to think about things like um, you can take a bystander intervention training and learn what you should do to help support somebody if you witness um, someone being uh, discriminated against or targeted. Okay, and how can they go about doing that? Um, there are bystander intervention trainings. If you go to, if you if you Google bystander intervention training and mm -hmm. um, advancing justice or Asian Americans advancing justice, we have a couple of our affiliates who are offering those trainings now, and they're all virtual. We okay. we in LA are also planning to add um, more because we just can't keep up with the demand for them right now. So we're we're all trying to do as many of these trainings as we can. So allies know how to provide support. And then I would encourage folks to um, make donations and support Asian social service organizations who are on the ground working with victims. So whether that's a counseling uh, support organization or legal services, do what you can to provide services on the ground to the grassroots organizations who work most closely with our Asian American community members. Now, I'm going to kind of bring up something, and, and hopefully you're able to touch on it. And I know it, this this next question I ask you might be a little bit, it may be a little sensitive, and a lot of people may not want to hear this, but I think it's important for people to hear um, what I'm about to ask because it's important we identify what is a hate crime and we identify, you know, you know, so if we see things like this, I mean, are you able to share with us a few recent incidences that have been reported? Um, I can share with you a couple of um, the experiences of some of the victims that I've been speaking to um, okay. and what I've heard from them. So um, first, you know, you have some really, really violent hate crimes like um, what we saw in the Bay Area, as well as in L.A. in Koreatown. There was a man who was beaten and had his nose fractured when he was beaten oh. by two men. 
Um, so those are the those are the ones that rise to the level of a hate crime. But as I mentioned before, more than ninety percent of what we're seeing are hate incidents that don't necessarily rise to that a criminal activity. And those cases, what we see a lot of are things like somebody people spitting on on someone yes. or saying, you know, go back to your country, you you effing chink or gook. Um, a lot of verbal harassment of just bullying and yelling and and often it's both racist as well as xenophobic with a lot mm-hmm. of anti-immigrant sentiment. And honestly, in a lot of cases, it's also very sexist and misogynistic because what's been interesting is uh, women have been targeted more than twice as often as as Asian men um, during mm-hmm. this, this pandemic. So um, an example of one thing I heard was there was uh, one woman I was speaking to who was a senior And this happened to her early in the pandemic, but she said she had been going to a doctor's appointment of some sort and some man started screaming at her and then he started to throw rocks or dirt Oh my gosh. And although she was not physically injured, um, you know, even a year later when I was talking to her, it was clear that this had been such a traumatic event for this woman. And what she said was, I've lived in this country for decades. I've never had a problem with anyone. But this was the first time I've ever felt like I did not, I was not welcome in this country. Um, And so, you know, we hear that kind of thing that uh, with our seniors and our immigrants, Um, I can share there was another woman who had an experience where she was at a restaurant, a man made a pass at her and Mm -hmm. she said, you know, sorry, I'm married. And he just went off and started verbally calling her every name under the book, you know, racist, sexist, xenophobic, all of that. And she videotaped him just screaming at her for two minutes and Mm -hmm. walking towards her as he was saying these very menacing things. Um, What was fascinating was she was crying and she was asking somebody please help me and no one in the restaurant turned to help oh, they all watched gosh. but this is why the bystander intervention training is important because no one knew what to do and then when she posted that on instagram four other women came forward and said i know that man he verbally harassed me as well so um we're hearing unfortunately a lot of these kinds of incidents and i mm-hmm. think a and I think people are having the same repeated uh, sort of a- actions happening against them. No, I feel like social media is definitely um, a great tool. I mean, uh, I, I mean, you you probably already know this story about the um, Long Beach woman who was yelling at a Filipino woman in the park as she was exercising and started throwing racial incidences at her. She then posted that on, I believe, Facebook, which went viral. And then another Asian American um, had you know, had the same incidents with the same woman. And then another woman came out and it just led to the arrest of this Long Beach woman. Um, I, I, you know, social media is a powerful tool. And for those that are afraid that, you know, to, you know, get to somebody, this is a great way to also share what's going on. Yeah. And it's also one of the reasons why it's important important to share your story. Even if yours, let's say you think, oh, mine wasn't that bad. The person just swore at me. I'm, I'm okay. I don't need to bring it up. 
the fact is that these bad actors are doing it repeatedly. And right. so maybe your case didn't uh, go as as far, but other people have had the same situation from the same person. And, and we can't just allow these folks to continue to do it unchecked and no one recognize that this is happening. 100%. Um, now, as far as the reports and the data that you are able to get, what happens to the information? Do you share that with district attorneys, law enforcement? Like what exactly has it been moving the needle in regards to attention to what's going on? Well, what we don't share our data with other law enforcement. It's all, you know, privacy for privacy reasons. If a client shares that information with us, we wouldn't share it. Okay, However, okay. if the person who reported it asked us for a call back and said that they wanted help connecting with um, a government agency to get other resources, we would certainly help them with that. What what the reporting has shown us is one thing has shown us is that the way law enforcement and uh, has been tracking hate incidents and really only focusing on hate crimes is inadequate. So mm -hmm. if you look yeah. at some of the reports coming out of places like NYPD and LAPD, they say, oh, we've seen this huge spike in hate crimes between 2019 and 2020, but the absolute numbers are still small. They might say, oh, we've seen 10 hate crimes compared to last year was only three. So it shows an increase, but 10 doesn't sound like that big of a number. If somebody right. says, oh, LAPD, you've only had 10 hate crimes, it must against Asians, then it's not that big of a problem. When you add instead all of the community-based tracking reports and we report back, well, we've seen in, in LA County 250 hate incidents and mm -hmm. you're only saying that you had 10. What it shows is that we are not, our, our law enforcement is not doing enough to really recognize and enforce and investigate these incidents of hate. So that's one of the messages that has definitely come through that because unless they're going to get an arrest through a hate crime, they're sometimes not um, investigating those situations enough. Um, and then the other thing that we're finding through our reports is how important it is to think about how the community can get involved in these cases and, and an imagine a society where we're not only focused on the criminal justice system in helping us. Um, I think what came out of the Black Lives Matter movement is a reckoning around that we have a criminal justice system that is um, over criminalizes certain communities of color. Mm -hmm. And so what we're looking at is, okay, how do we support our Asian community when they're being attacked and harmed, but right. also recognize our responsibility under the Black Lives Matter movement not to over-criminalize certain communities of color? And so that is uh, leading to some very interesting discussion and dialogue right now about can we focus less on giving the person the most enhanced criminal sentencing and instead let's focus on what what um, what does the victim need to be made whole and um, what what can we do with our communities that are struggling right now and how can we help improve those uh, relationships in communities that are leading to to the escalation and hate right now. No, and I'm glad you bring that up because, I mean, obviously it's in, in talks right now, but, you know, is there anything that you could elaborate with us, like, as far as proactive responses, what 
what is happening in regards to everything going on? Like, you know, to make, you know, is there some way to comfort Asians that are listening, Asian Americans that are listening to this podcast right now? Yeah. So some of the things that we're doing include, um, we're learning lessons learned from where, what, how communities are supporting one another. So when you look at what happened with Compassion in Oakland and the recent story in Orange County, community members are coming out to support Asian community members by escorting them in their neighborhoods and out on the streets. And, and neighbors are coming out and supporting one another mm-hmm. um, in a way. So that way it's not just let's wait until somebody gets hurt and then call the police, but let's all come forward and create a safe environment and show allyship to our Asian community now. I think that's been one of the interesting things to see. And I think there's a question about, okay, where can we build up programs and based on some of those promising things that we're seeing right now. Um, there's a state law um, um, that is a, a legislation being offered by Assembly Member Bonta. And what that's doing is it's calling for more funding to go down to mental health and support services for Asian Americans. So that way, if anyone's been attacked, they feel like they have the support they need. Um, And then there's also talk about what does um, rehabilitation look like for folks who have been um, behaving in a racist manner or saying racist things to Asians? What do they need in order to, you know, lessons learned so that way we don't continue to perpetuate those kinds of negative uh, race, race conflict? Right. And then for uh, victims of crime, if you're a victim of a crime, I think a lot of Asians don't realize that you can actually enroll in certain benefits and they will pay for things like your medical bills if you've been attacked or if your store has been vandalized, victims of crime benefits will reimburse you to break, fix that broken window and things like that. So we're trying to educate our community members that there are these kinds of benefits and we're trying to make changes to the law that you don't necessarily have to file a police report uh, report to get those be- benefits, but that victims could still have that kind of support even without having filed a police report. Oh my gosh, this is such great information, and I wish I could talk to you more about this. But you know, this is we've just, as you have been saying throughout this interview, we've just really hit the tip of the iceberg as far as you know this conversation. How can someone? you know, get more information um, in regards to advancing justice. Are you guys on social media, websites, all that kind of good stuff? We are, we are. So our website is advancingjustice-la.org. Our handle is, I think it's advancingjustice underscore LA. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, We have information about our legal clinics coming up, our victim support services. We have a whole anti-Asian discrimination project to address this. So definitely follow us on uh, social media. Awesome. Thank you so much. I mean, anyone listening to this, I think that the bottom line is, is just awareness. Get your story out there. Even if it's an incident versus a, a crime just just talk and, and contact somebody. Again, I want to thank you so much today uh, for being our guest. And to learn more about today's show, please visit AsianVoicesRadio.com. And if you have any suggestions for further topics, we'd love to hear from you. You can also subscribe as well as follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much, uh, Connie, for being on the show today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Hula, for having me. It was fun. 
Absolutely. Until next week, I'm Hula Ramos. And thank you so much for listening to the show. Please join us next week for another exciting and thought-provoking Asian Voices radio show. Take care, everyone.